You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. This week is Easter, and we're beginning a new sermon series called The Beginning, with a sermon simply titled, And. What makes Jesus so special? Why is Jesus so special, preacher? You know, because, I mean, there's plenty of religions out there. There's plenty of people to listen to. There's plenty of, of uh, books to read. There's plenty of self-help things. What makes Jesus so special? I mean, because if you think about it, when he was here, he didn't rule anything. Didn't rule one single thing here on the earth. He didn't own anything. Owned, as far as we can tell, he owned no personal property whatsoever while he was here. You know, d- didn't, he wasn't awarded anything. He didn't get called up on stage and handed a nice little gold trophy and thank all the little people in his life. That never happened. As a matter of fact, his public life, his public ministry was a mere three years, maybe not quite that long. Three years. But if I could just say this before I go on, is look at what he did with those three years. He has literally impacted just every generation since then. Touched almost every part of the world, you know, in some way. Good or bad, however you want to look at it. He has touched just about every part of the world uh, So in just, in just those three years. But the world that he came to didn't accept his message, and they didn't accept his claims. Even uh, the followers he had, those 12 disciples, even them, when, those, you know, um, unlike, you know, there's, and I'm thinking of some, some leaders in my head, and, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to actually call out names or actually think, but I'm thinking of some leaders in my head that, that when they died, that their followers jumped up, took up the cause, and, and really made it into a movement, some even so far as to become militant with it and fight battles and wars over that. Not Jesus' followers. They didn't do that. You know what his followers did when Jesus died on, on Cal- the cross at Calvary? You know what they did? They hid. They were worried that the same Roman soldiers that crucified Jesus were coming after them, and so they hid. They hid away. So really? When Jesus died, his movement died with him because it was all over. He was laying in the tomb. The disciples were in hiding. When he died, his movement died with him. And then Easter happened. Easter happened. The disciples were all hidden away. And then on the third day, Easter happened. Everything looked like it was over. It looked like Christianity had died before it even got started good. And then Easter happened. Would somebody say, thank God? Easter happened. It looked like like nothing was going to come of all that. Those last three years that the disciples had spent walking around with Jesus and learning and helping and, 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 and helping others, helping Jesus touch others, it looked like that was all for naught. And then Easter happened. Oh, come on. somebody! Is there somebody here today, you know? That you're, you're in a situation that may, maybe it looks bleak. There wasn't much bleaker than what the disciples were facing. On Friday night after, after Jesus was crucified, and they, they, they had to put him in a grave in a hurry, in a tomb in a hurry, and, and they were all hiding out and hoping nobody could find them. It didn't get much darker than that. But you just remember that no, no matter how dark it is in your life right now, or maybe you come there some other day, Jesus is anxiously waiting for the privilege and the opportunity to step into your life and where it looks like there's a period to just erase that period and to write the word and. 
and say, it's not over yet, and Jesus is ready to show up in your life. So let's, let's go to Scripture right now. Let's, let's look at this, this story that we, you know, the Easter story. Let's, let's look at it in Scripture. This is the book of John, John 19, and just a little bit of verse, uh, chapter 20. And we don't have time to read all those verses, okay? So, uh, but again, if you'll go to the, the, the Connect page, church2911.com slash connect, and click on the sermon notes, you can find every one, all of the scriptures, every bit of it. Read the whole story, okay? I'm going to jump through just a little bit here to, just, just to give us some of the story. But all of that's there, and there's, there's a lot more content that's there, especially today, that uh, you need to go check out. All right, all right. so John chapter 19, verse 16. Carrying the cross by himself, Jesus went to the place called Place of the Skull. In Hebrew, it's called Golgotha. There they nailed Jesus to the cross. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it up to Jesus' lips. And when Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the two men crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead, so they didn't break his legs. One of the soldiers, however, pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water flowed out. And so they, they punctured that that pericardium, the, the, the heart sack, and uh, so there, now we know that he is definitely dead. And this report, now this is actually scripture, okay? This, this, is, this is written 2,000 years ago. This report is from an eyewitness giving an accurate account. He speaks the truth so that you also may continue to believe. The place of crucifixion was near a garden where there was a new tomb never used before. And so, because it was the day of preparation for the Jewish Passover, and since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. And then chapter 20, Jesus is laying in the grave. He's laying in the tomb. They've sealed the tomb. And early on Sunday morning, the third day after this, from Friday to Sunday, early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and... She didn't come to the tomb, and there's a period there. She came to the tomb, and. I mean, it's supposed to be over right now, isn't it? Jesus is dead. I mean, they, they have they crucified him. You know, they punctured that heart sack, that, that pericardium, you know, and, and he's dead. He's been laying in the tomb since Friday evening. It's supposed to be over, but there's not a period there. It goes on. See, that, that's, what, that's what God wants to do. He, he wants to erase the period. He wants to erase the endings. And he's ready to help you let go on. And he found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Oh, and there, there had to be some faith here. I, I, I don't even know why do these ladies even show up on Sunday morning. Okay, got, got this big, huge stone. And actually, if you read the scripture there, it says that on their way, they began saying, who's going to roll the stone away for, for us? Why in the world would, would they even show up this day? They're bringing some spices, kind of what you and I might call embalming. They didn't get to do on Friday because it was so late in the day, and so they had to wait till Passover was over on, on Saturday evening. So now on Sunday morning, the first opportunity, they come back, and they come back with spices, ready to go in. And, but how are they going to get there? There's some faith that's already in there. I don't, I don't even know why they would even imagine that we can go do this because there's this big stone that is in the way Yet they show up anyway. It's like they were anticipating that, that period that everybody else was trying to put at the end of, of Jesus' life and at the end of Christianity, that it was gone. And there was going to be an and. There was going to be something else. It was going to continue. They had some kind of faith that, that it was still going to be okay. And, and, and for those of you today 
that you, you need this, that you, you're, you're, you're uh, anticipating that, hey, it's all over, or it looks like it's over, or you're anticipating somebody, somebody's about to tell you you're going to get bad news this week, or maybe you got the bad news this, this past week. Jesus wants to erase the, the period. He's ready, he's ready to put an and there and to, for something else, okay? So, so, so what, what is so special? I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you what is special about Jesus, okay, this morning. That's what I want to tell you. That is spe- I want to tell you this morning is what is special about Jesus. Okay, go, go, go ahead for me, Kevin. There have been many teachers, right? Been, all through the years, there have been a lot of teachers, and Jesus was one too. And Jesus wasn't just a teacher. And Jesus teaches a very special doctrine, a doctrine of selflessness, a doctrine of love one another that is unlike any other doctrine that has ever been. Now, now listen, I, I, I know you may have heard, you know, if you're not a follower of Christ, then, then you, might have not, you might not know him like firsthand. And so everything you know about it may be what you've heard people say, things you've heard people say about Christians, things you've heard people say about churches. You know, you may have heard some of those kinds of things. And you know what? I, I'm a man. I'm going to mess up. I'm, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fall. But here's what I encourage you to do. I challenge you to do. I dare you to do this. I dare you to go on your own search. Don't listen to what anybody else says about Jesus. Even me, including me. Don't just listen to, blindly to what I'm saying today. Go on your own search. And, and I want to help you with that search just a little bit. Again, if you go to that church2911.com slash connect, and go to the Sunday's notes. There's a video there that uh, Lee Strobel made. Lee Strobel was an atheist, and, and he wasn't some crackpot, okay? He was the legal editor of the Chicago Tribune, okay? So he wasn't an idiot, okay? And also, he's the kind of guy that understands, a legal editor, he understands that you've got to look at evidence, and evidence brings you to conclusions. And that's the way he took his approach. I encourage you, if, you, if you've never followed, or some of you who are weak in your faith, go watch that video. you got to see it there. We, we linked it there on, on, that, uh, on those sermon notes page. Go there and, and look at, and, and see what, what he did to go and look and examine and see what God would say. It was actually a video made just for today. The day that Easter falls on April Fool's Day. So I, re- I challenge you. I, I, I dare you to go, go look at it. Don't do it right now, okay, because everybody around you will want to watch it too. So, but, but watch it later today and, and see this video because, uh, because I, 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 thought, I thought it was encouraging to me. You know, people, so people like Lee Strobel or Tatian, you know, Tatian, he, he's, he, in some ways, I'd say, uh, he was, a, I think, a second century you know, a uh, writer that, that uh, actually came, came to believe in Christ because of his examination of everything. And, and he really was a little bit of the inspiration for the, second, for the second thing that is special about Jesus. Go on there for me, if you will, Kevin. Many historical writings teach us to regret our past. Okay, there's a lot of stuff out there that you can read. There are a lot of, there are a lot of historical writings. There are a lot of religious writings from centuries and centuries ago that all tell us how bad we are and how bad we've been and, and, and tell us that we need to feel bad about all the stuff we've done. And Jesus, you know what he does? And Jesus doesn't leave us there in that condemnation, but he takes us through that condemnation, offering us the freedom from condemnation and also a hope for the future. That the Word of God says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus our Lord. That if you believe in him, condemnation's gone. You know, the, the, the feelings that you have about all the bad stuff that you've done, all that's supposed to be wiped away. Quit worrying about that anymore because what he's done is given us freedom from the condemnation and the hope for the future. Number three, here's, here's the third thing about why, uh, what's special about Jesus. Things can give you excitement, 
a thrill, a moment, just like meeting Jesus can also. You know, things in your life, you know, your toys, you know, your big boy toys, all those things, you know, uh, the, the hobbies that you like, the stuff that you like to do, all of these things, a grandchild, whatever, you know, they can give you excitement, they can give you a thrill in a moment, but you know what, if you're not careful, those things can become even an addiction. They can become addictions that you're living from high to high to high. You know, that you've got the high and then you've got the low, the high and the low, and you just live for the next high. And, and, and maybe, it's not, maybe it's not an illicit drug that you're addicted to, but maybe it's just those highs. But Jesus wants to do so much more than that for us. It's where there are plenty of things in this world that can give us excitement, and Jesus does. And Jesus gives us something much deeper much more fulfilling, not, not something that makes us live like this, but something that can give us a steadiness, a, a depth, a fulfillment, something worth living for. And if you ever need it, something worth dying for. And there have been, there have been countless people throughout since, since Jesus Christ lived and died and rose again. There have been countless people who have had to trust in that when it came time for them to die, that they had something worth dying for. You may have something worth playing for in your life, but if you don't have Jesus, you probably don't have something worth living for or something worth dying for. And that's, that's the difference of what Jesus is. That's, that's what makes him so special. Can we go on? I think it's what number four, is it? Many movements instruct how to be a better follower or have a better movement or how to be more religious. You know, every religion, you know, tells you how to be a better whatever that religion is, right? You know, every, every book, you know, wants to tell you how to be better. There are plenty of those kinds of movements out there. There's plenty of kind of, uh, of causes out there to tell you how to, to be better at this and this and, and how to follow along and be a better follower and those kinds of things. And Jesus, he's concerned that you don't just have better followers, that we don't just have better followers, that you're not just a better follower, but Jesus is also concerned with us having a better life, a better marriage, better kids. I mean, you, you can find all kinds of, all kinds of uh, people out there that want to tell you how better to follow them, but Jesus has this vested interest in you being everything you can be. Okay, like, like, like me, pastor, okay. I, you know, we work, we do some work to get to this point, you know, on Sundays, to have a Sunday service. We do some work, so you know what? I want everybody to get something out of it. You know, it's like we've, we've spread the table. I want you to eat, you know. I want you to go home full. I want you to have some nourishment. I want you to have something strong that is there. You know, but Jesus is so much more invested than that because he created you. He wrote, the Word of God says he wrote your members, you know, who you are and who you would be. And so he is, he is totally, he has invested eternity into you. And, and so Jesus wants you not to just be a better follower of him, you know, yeah, that, and he wants you to have a better life, better marriage, better kids, better job, better all of these things. He is, he is totally invested in you having the most awesome life you can have. You know, he goes way beyond just... Hey, be a better follower. My next one, Kevin. What's special about Jesus? Many good men have lived. Jesus lived a good life too. Many men have lived. Good men, good women. And Jesus did. And Jesus died for our sins. You know, that, that might not sound like a big deal to you. 
But you need, you need to remember this. Jesus didn't just say, hey, I think I'll go to a cross. There was a reason. There was a purpose. Franklin Graham, Billy Graham's son, Franklin Graham, good quote from him. We must not forget that it wasn't the Jews that put Jesus on the cross. And it wasn't the Romans. It was my sins. It was your sins. The sins of this world. That's what put Jesus on the cross. And what we have to remember, we have, when, we're, when, we're, when we're talking about a, a man that died he, on the cross for our sins, when we're talking about that, what we, we have to do is we have to remember that this wasn't some idea, some wild idea he got one day, but you needed a Savior to die for your sins, to be right with God. And, and where there have been many good people throughout, you know, throughout history, Many good men, many good women. There have been many good lives that have lived, people that, that we could point to as mentors and examples. There's only been one that died for your sin. You know, and I could think, I could think of, again, like thinking of, of movements and leaders that are out there, and, 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 and I don't want to call names because I, I don't want to lessen the impact of the amazing that they had, they've done to this point and that, but none of them have touched what Jesus did for you. None of them came close to dying for your sins. As a matter of fact, what I look around and I see today, when I see leaders, you know, I, see, I don't see leaders who are looking to die for their followers. I see leaders who are looking for their followers to die for them. But that's what's so special about Jesus. He died for me. He died for you. And we, because we needed someone to die for us. And the last thing I, I want to throw at you about the special thing right here is many people profess to be leaders, and Jesus was a great, obviously a great leader. Look around you at Christianity in this world today. Many people profess to be great leaders. Jesus professes to be the Son of God. Uh, many people call themselves great leaders, and Jesus professes to be the Son of God. <laughs> you know, he, he takes it, he, he was a great leader, and he, he professes to be the Son of God. You know, so, so what everybody else might say, Jesus goes way beyond that. And, and one of the things, you know, just, just, just consider and, and, and realize this and just think about this. Other religions and, and, and other peoples and other groups that are outside of Christianity, they also, they also take and, and, and they, they, they comment or they refer to Jesus, his life, his teachings, his, the Word of God, what we call the Word of God, the Bible. They refer to that. Not the other way around. It's like Jesus stands here and he says, I am the Son of God. Man, Jesus makes a bold profession. What's so special about him? He makes this profession. And so, so what are the options here? Now listen. There is no arguing that Jesus Christ was a real person that lived and walked the face of this earth about 2,000 years ago. No arguing. It's historical fact. Too much evidence. You can't say he didn't. He did. And most people don't say he didn't. Most people say that, oh, he's a good guy. You know, he taught and all that. Okay, so historical evidence, he lived. Historical evidence shows that he did die on a cross, on, a, you know, on Calvary, Golgotha, on the place, that place of the skull. That, that, no doubt, no question, he lived and he died. And he made all these claims. He claimed to heal people. He claimed to touch people. He claimed to deliver people. He claimed to do all of these things, and he claimed to be the Son of God. 
And so now where are we? Where, where, where you and I are. We're, we're at the place of having to decide for ourselves. Because I, you may look at that and say, well, pastor, do you not know? Yes, I know. Let me tell you. Okay, I want to make sure you understand this. I've already decided. I've already made up my mind. I believe Jesus Christ is exactly who he says he is. You know, and, and I'm not saying, well, he professes. I'm, I'm saying that for you. I, just for the sake of someone maybe who has not yet made up their mind, I'm taking a step back with you. Just kind of get with you right here and just say, maybe you're still at that place, okay? And so here's what we got. We got to make up our mind. We've got to choose. Now, what are the options here? Uh, one option is, I've heard pe some people say, well, maybe he was a liar. But you know what? There's just not any evidence that Jesus was a liar. I mean, there are too many things that people have said. I mean, even people that maybe did People that don't follow him still don't claim to be, call him a liar. You know, nobody really thinks he's a liar. Too many people use his words. I mean, I don't, I don't know. You know, you ever, you ever notice it? Game shows, you watch a game show and all of a sudden somebody says something or you watch a, a TV show and somebody says something and you say, that's, that, that's in the Bible, you know? I mean, people don't really think he's a liar. Uh, maybe another option is he's a lunatic. A lunatic, you know, because, man, he claims to be the son of God. Well, you know what? I guess I'm thinking about a, a miracle on 34th Street. That would really be crazy for anybody else to claim to be the son of God unless he really is the son of God. You know, and here's the thing. Here, here's the thing is if he were a lunatic, I, I don't know if y'all know any lunatics. Or, you know, we, we could probably use a better word here, but liar and lunatic kind of fit there alliteratively, right? I don't know if you know any people like this, but... People that are off the beam are normally not just off the beam in one area of their life, right? I mean, if they're off, they're going to be off in some other things. They're not just going to tell you some weird stuff over here. They're going to tell you some weird stuff in just about every part of their life. If Jesus was a lunatic, he would not just be claiming to be the Son of God and other stuff wouldn't be happening. And he'd be, oh, wait, yeah, yeah Jesus is that. There's no signs, no evidence that Jesus was a lunatic. Nothing, nothing ever. Nobody, nobody ever, ever, ever accused him of being that. So, so, so what are the options? Uh, he's a liar. He's a lunatic. And it's just possible that Jesus Christ is exactly who he says he is. And it's possible that, that, that's the potential here. But it's like, well, but wait, but, but no, wait a minute. Let, let me just, let me just go ahead and, and get you here if I can. Okay. Because if you look around, in this world, there are very few people who are literal, complete, total atheists in this world. People who believe that this is all it is, just what we see right now and we're experiencing right now. There are very few people like that. There are very few people that believe when I take my last breath, it's all over for me. There's nothing else. There are very few people that don't believe because most of us, we've got this idea that, that, that who I am inside of this body right here, it's not, it's not really this body. There is something. There is me inside of this. And when this dies, there's, there's something else. You know, in the next few seconds, there's something else that's happening. And I'm still going to be here. There are very few people in this world who truly are complete. Uh, complete atheists and don't believe that there's something out there. If that's the case, then it's very likely that Jesus is exactly who he says he is. You know what? I dare you. I've already dared you. I dare you again. I dare you to go on a search for yourself. And if you want help doing that, ask me. I'd love to just, I'd love to throw a bunch of stuff and let you just look through the evidence yourself. It's there. Check it out. Because, and and if, if Jesus is, I mean, this is, this, is, this is the real reason, right? It's to know this is this. Because if Jesus really is who he says he is, 
And if Jesus is truly the Son of God, the possibilities are endless. The miracles at your disposal are endless. The help, the guidance, the direction, the, 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 the peace. Some of you are just dying for a little bit of peace in your life. The peace that is at our disposal. If Jesus really is the Son of God, the possibilities are endless. So you, you might be still standing between the decision, is he or isn't he? You know, I, I, just, I just encourage you, I, I dare you. Make up your mind, choose, because, because if he really is, and if you can come to that place to believe that he really is, the possibilities are endless. Because when Jesus died, we read it just a few moments ago in Scripture, when he died on the cross, he didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. Because he was just getting started. You see, because the one thing that held him back was that body. That's the one thing. He could only be at one place at one time. Now he can be, again, anywhere and everywhere. He's with us today. He's in another church across the street and another church across the street and others across town and across the country and across the world today. And he can be. And so the possibilities are endless. And we know what it looked like when it started, Right? I mean, we, we, we know how awesome it was. I mean, I mean there, you know, there's a sick woman and Jesus. <laughs> there's, a, there, there's a blind man and Jesus. There, there's a, there's a, 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 a paralyzed man, a man that can't walk and Jesus. And, and Simon Peter, he blows it. He messes up and Jesus. Oh, let me, let, me, let, me, let me flesh these out just for you a little bit more, okay? Is that, is that yeah, there was a woman that had been sick for years, and, and nobody could help her. Nobody could help her. She had, she had tried. Lots of people have tried to help her. Nobody could help her. And so she, she, she reached out to Jesus, and Jesus touched her, and she was immediately made whole. There was, there was a blind man. A blind man who, who everybody else in town said, no, no, be quiet, Jesus is coming. And, and he found out Jesus was coming. He started yelling for Jesus. And, and, and they said, no, 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 be quiet. And so Jesus heard him yelling finally. He said, hey, bring him over here and brought him over. And everybody else said, no, no, be quiet. And Jesus said, no, bring him over here. And Jesus touched his eyes and healed him and gave him his sight back. Or, or the, 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 the paralyzed man that, that, that everybody kind of has shunned. You know, you know how we do. You know, the people holding up the signs, you know, it's on the side of the road. They, they put them off to the side. You know, you're going to have to just fend for yourself. We, we, we'll bring you out here every day and sit down, but you've got you've to go for the alms yourself. You know, you've you got to take care of yourself. Kind of, you know, let's be honest. Sometimes we look at them like the dregs of society, you know, and, and we want to kind of shove them to the side, and we, we don't want to have any part of that and all of those things. And, and, and what does Jesus do? Jesus says, bring them here. You know, when everybody else is ignoring them, Jesus is going to them. When everybody else is, is saying, I, we don't have time for you, Jesus has got plenty of time for them. Oh, is this ringing true for anybody? Does anybody need to hear this today? That this is the kind of, this is what is so special about Jesus. This is what is special. And, and then Simon Peter, you know, on the night before Jesus died, Simon Peter pledges his eternal loyalty. He says, I will go with you all the way, even, even unto death. And Jesus said, Simon Peter, you're going to deny you even know me three times before the, the rooster crows tomorrow morning. Simon Peter said, oh, no, I would never do that. But it happened just like that. Jesus Christ prophesied, and it happened just like that. He even, Simon Peter even cursed. He swore, I don't know the man. And then after he, had, after he had denied three times that he knew Jesus, he heard a rooster crowing, and it said he went out and he wept bitter tears. And Jesus, and Jesus, you know, in the middle of your need, and Jesus shows up.
in the middle of, you know, in the middle of, you know, everybody else in the world saying, hey, no, no, we don't have any use for you. And Jesus shows up. And then when you've messed up and you've turned your back on everything that has meant anything to you and you've blown it all like Simon Peter did, and Jesus shows up. You know what Jesus did? He found Simon Peter. And, and, and Simon Peter denied him three times. And listen, all these scriptures, I've got them there on that page with my sermon notes. Don't have time to read them, but they're there. You can read the whole story, okay? And this. Simon Peter denied him three times. You know what Jesus did? He asked him three times if he, if he was committed to him. He asked, he asked Simon Peter, are you committed to me, Jesus? Are you committed to Simon Peter? Are you committed to me? Do you love me more than everybody? Are you committed to Three times. You know what he was doing? He wasn't just forgiving him. He was restoring him back to everything that he had thrown away, everything that he had lost, everything that he had. That's what makes Jesus so special. He doesn't show up to say, I told you so. He doesn't show up to remind you how you blew it. Jesus is here today to tell somebody, you've blown it? Good, let me restore you. That's who I am. And then Jesus died for our sins. Yes, they took him up that, took him up that hill. They, they hung him on the cross. The Romans, they were a people that were, were known. They studied uh, excruciating means of, of putting people to death. And crucifixion was one of the ways they had come up with. And they nailed Jesus there. And, and, and they, they, they killed him, leaving him there. Now, one of the ways that they die is suffocation. And so one of the things that, you know, as they begin to sag inside, they can't catch their breath. So they have to push, push up to get a, a fresh breath and then relax a little bit. And so one of the things they would do is if, is if it took hours and hours for them to die as it started getting late in the day. That's what happened this day. We read it just a few moments ago. They sent a soldier around to break the legs so they couldn't push up anymore, and they would just hang there and suffocate. But when they got to Jesus, the eyewitness testimony said when they got to Jesus, he was already dead. And so the soldier, maybe just to make sure, stuck his, stuck his spear into the side of Jesus, ruptured that, that heart, uh, sack around the heart so that he knew, you know, I'm not, I'm not just wondering. I know Jesus is really dead. They took him down because it, because it was so late in the day. It was almost the Sabbath. They had, to, they had to hurry up and get him in a tomb. And so they took him and put him in a tomb. They rolled a big stone across the front of it. They sealed it. They sealed it. One of the reasons they sealed it, to make sure, and they set a guard on it, to make sure that Jesus' disciples did not come and try to steal the body. They sealed it. And so Jesus laid there for parts of three days. All this, and everything's done. It's over. It's dead. It's gone. Christianity has died before it began. That's the way it looked. And Jesus got up on that third day and took his life back into himself, came out of that tomb, and spent another month with his disciples before returning back to the Father. Is there anybody here today that needs one of those and Jesus moments in your life. Anybody today? He'd just like to have a and Jesus moment. Here, here's, here's, here's what I want to encourage you to do. For those of you that are struggling with something, I want you, I want you to, to imagine what it is so that you can say it. You don't have to say it out loud. I want you to be able to say it though in your, in your spirit, in your heart, in your head. What is it you're dealing with? What is it you're struggling with? And, and, and being able to say that, what is, what is that? What is it that you're struggling with in your life right now? Just, this is between you and God. This, you're not going to tell me or anything like that. I just, I just want you to think, what is it you're struggling with? And I want you to be able to tell, in, in these closing moments of this service, I want you to be able to tell God, God, here's where I'm struggling. And 
I want you to see if God can put an and on the end of that. God, I am struggling here. And here's what God wants to do about it. I want you to think, what is it that you're struggling with? I want you to think about that so that you can say that just to you, just to God. Even if you don't know him yet, even if you've never prayed ever before, just say, this is where I'm struggling. See, here's what, here's what we do a lot of times. Is we get that opportunity, we get to that place, and if God maybe wants to start moving in, instead of letting him write and, we write but. But, but, but God... But God, you hadn't seen this. But, but God, you don't know how deep this hurts. But, but and we write all these buts, and we, we add those, and it's like these are all the things that are keeping God from writing the end. Don't write the but today. Don't even think it today. But think about where you are and what you need from God more than anything. And let him supply the end and the what comes next. And let's Let's just dare to see what God can come up with in your situation. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and pastoral staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer requests by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.